It is the spooky season, Spencer. Yep. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You doing uh, anything spooky? Like reading. I usually try to, as we've done for the podcast before, yeah. try to read something that's supposed to be scary, and I watch horror movies and all that stuff. Uh, so before we even talk about me, have you done any of these things? Well, we as you listened to the last episode, uh, we both just got done reading uh, uh, Chasing the Boogeyman. Which is kind of, it's more thriller, but you know, it's still... True crime fiction. Yeah. I have two volumes left of this uh, comic book series from like the mid-2000s, I think, called Revival, and it's about this like small town in somewhere in Minnesota, I think it is, that uh, for some reason these people in this town can't die. Ooh. And then so they kind of get quarantined there because, they, you know, the government's worried about, uh, you know, like it's spreading, you know, and stuff like that. And then and then it just kind of dives into like the, the things like these weird like soul like light creatures that are going through the town and stuff like that. And there's like a lot of gruesome like there's always at least like one gruesome scene like in each yeah. issue of and stuff so like i said that's been that's like eight volumes long and i i got like two left of that i don't know if i'm gonna get any other like fic like novels and by the end of the month you know well we haven't i mean we're reading for some random reason yeah well i don't know if you're done i didn't talk to you but uh do androids dream of electric sheep which is the opposite of horror that's not yeah horror at all i also read uh pursuing the booger fellow yes and that was okay but again that's not really like horror more of a thriller if anything um i haven't really there's a bunch of horror anthologies coming out on like netflix and stuff like guillermo del toro has one called cabinet of curiosity oh that's, yeah that looks pretty good but i think that's at the end of the month there is one coming out i think this weekend uh midnight stories or midnight club or something it's kind of like uh you know the old nick show um are you afraid of the dark okay where it's like people tell stories, but I think it's an adult version, so I'm excited for that. Um, but other than that, I haven't really watched any horror. I was watching Samurai movies yesterday. <laughs> fuck, I think that's about it. You read the, uh, oh, what was that? Beach Bodies. Beach Bodies. You read Beach Bodies, which is pretty good. Um, you I, still have to get to that, don't you? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, cause, like in October. Yeah. Just don't know if I'm going to have enough time. I haven't been reading the last couple of days. I've been doing like writing and stuff, which is good. Well, but why, why would you do that? Also, I don't know what it is about that uh, Blade Runner just kind of, I, I mean, only halfway through it, because it's, it's a really easy, quick read yeah. if you just want to blow through it. I'm just not really interested in what's going on. It's, I feel like it's gotten at least a little bit better now since I was actually dealing with, like, like with the androids and, like, you're an android. No, you're an android. No, everybody's an android. Right. Like, it has got a little bit better for me, or at least in, more interesting enough to where it uh, is Making me read it a little bit more because it's it's basically just my workbook, you know, what I read right. when I'm on break and lunch at work. Um, but instead of being like the in the, in the front half, I would I wouldn't get as much read because it's kind of like I don't give a shit about this goddamn sheep or whatever the fuck it is. And then you know now that it's getting to some of the more Blade Runnery kind of things. Well, I'm about a hundred pages in, and so far it's ninety, at least eighty. I would say eighty percent. Just fucking robot animals are talking about. And I do like the chicken head guy. Like his name, like they call yeah. him a chicken head and stuff. But I just, I, I don't care. People, it's an old book. Nobody gives a shit. That Beach Bodies was submitted to us by Nick Kolakowski, by the way. Um, I, that's, I don't think that is the one that was being released on uh, Halloween. 
I don't know if he's self-publishing. Oh, I am sorry. Uh, Beach Bodies by Nick Kalikowski is coming out on Halloween, so keep an eye out for that. It is a story, uh, kind of like a bleak comedy, actually. is It's about a billionaire's doomsday bunker. Now, you read this. You said it was like post-apocalyptic, but not quite. Well, because of the bunker stuff, you know, that in the beginning of the... When I first started reading, that's where I thought it was going to go, and that's not really what it is. Uh, um, it kind of takes this whole other kind of turn uh, at a at a left field that you don't right. really see coming at first. But it's it's, it's pretty it it's a it's entertaining. It is weird of like reading a more modern mo- modern person that's not like. Well, you were talking about like it mentions like Instagram and Twitter yeah. and stuff. Which I haven't encountered in fiction yet, so that is a little strange. I was confused. The, the other submission we got was a short story collection uh, by our friend MC August. He, I think, has been published on the site before. Um, now, if you're MC August, do you just always eat your try to have everything come out in August? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. But his he has a, it's a horror sci fi anthology titled "Death Is Funny Sometimes." Uh, you could check it actually out on Goodreads if you want to look more into that. I was, we were going to review that. I sent it to Ash and he read it, but again, with the site going down, yeah. now we're not doing reviews and I don't have time. We don't, neither of us have time to read that and, you know, for the, the podcast here, unless yeah. we did it after Halloween, which fucks the point. Yeah, but so far, my I still want to read uh, that Hemingway book. The fuck Hemingway book are we reading again? Uh, Something with a feast. Oh, Movable Feast. Duh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read that next after the Android book. I also read a poetry collection called the white museum that was really good that was suggested to me from a friend so that also kind of halted my because when i read poetry it's hard for me to read a book at the exact same like just like, just read some poems and then go to the book because then my mind's in a different it's place like just shifting gears yeah I'm not the right way i don't know how cause work but if you you know <laughs> you, you don't uh... go to first the third like yeah whatever can't. So yeah. Anyway, we have a, an excellent show for you today, right, Spencer? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh. So stick around, and we will be back, motherfuckers. Listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast presented by Crypto Doc. No, <laughs> I hate all this fucking crypto shit. The you know this fake money. Crypto is the future, man. Yeah, I guess maybe they named it Krypton. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I get behind that. Kryptonite. That'd be the that'd be the tender, right? That'd be the the money. We Kryptonite instead of uh, Bitcoin or whatever they got nowadays. Um, what is my name? I am Caleb James, your host again, as always. With me today, Spencer, the Algerian alligator accoster church. Oh, that's a long one. That's a rough one. You're accosting alligators. I, that doesn't seem like that'd be a, a fun time. like that. That's essentially wrestling alligators. Yeah. I mean, wrestling dinosaurs. Pretty much, like, mm-hmm. that's what they are. So, I mean, they bite off their own arms when they're just messing, playing around. And I like to think they grow back bigger arms. <laughs> That's not true, but I'd like to think they grow big muscle arms after that. Like Piccolo. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We don't really have a topic today. Should we ever have topics again? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I do have some news, some good news. Oh, there's, that's a thing? Because I took a couple days off this week just because I just wanted to not work. And so I did work at home. (laughs) Well, you know. On my time off. Um, 
So in the last two days, I've submitted, I think, three story, three or four stories and four poems to various publications. So I've been doing stuff. Nice. I've been working on a short story that's hopefully better than what I submitted that I will uh, also submit. And I'm keeping track on the board. I'll show you after here of how much I had to pay for these submissions because uh, one of them was a contest. And also, um, you know, just keep track of everywhere I submitted. So I, I know. Well, I may have a submittable, which will keep track of where you submitted and tell you when you got the big fat fucking rejection. <laughs> but uh, hopefully at least one of these will st- I need some wins. And this has been a bad year. I need some wins. <laughs> Caleb needs to score some. Uh, I don't even care about the money. I just want to be published in some of these yeah. places just to feel better about myself right now. Get some credits. Uh, we briefly talked about you submitting some work. We got to go through the site. Yeah. The uh, graveyard of the site and uh, t- dig out some work. That Pick we- out its bones. <laughs> Pick out some stuff that we <laughs> might be able to resurrect. That's what I do with some of my stories. Was, they were newer stories, so I was sitting on my, sitting on them anyway, which is good. Just a grave robbing. Well, I did submit one old story because uh, the publication I submitted to was looking for winter submissions, ah. and this just happened to fit the bill. I think two out of three of them, actually maybe all of them were flash fiction, which is cool because they should get to those pretty quickly. One of those stories I think was longer than flash fiction, but I don't really remember. A couple of things I found out just reading about the whole submitting process that most people don't seem to know. Because I think you got to score the cover letter and all this shit, but I have a friend who... One, he actually was an intern for a while at a publishing house, so he had to read a lot of the uh, submissions. And he said, for the most part, he would read the first page, and if it didn't capture him, he just ah, fuck that one. You yeah, know, which which is understandable. I mean, and that's something you hear. It's either like the first page, or the first, first paragraph, paragraph. Is what I always, but yeah, I always try to make the first paragraph a hook. You know, uh, just right off the jump street, because I I feel like a lot of places aren't even read, especially bigger publications, probably not even reading the first page. You know. Um, that also brings up a question. Do the pay publications have a one? Do you have a better chance of getting through because there's less competition? Though I would think there'd be more quality competition mm-hmm. because the people who are paying are probably, but that's just an assumption, would be better, but you would have less of them because a lot of people only submit to free publications. Uh, and two, if you submit to these kind of publications and you pay your fee and stuff, I feel like that should guarantee you more of a read than yeah, just... Yeah, I feel like, yeah. That'd like, be really shitty if you paid and they only give you one paragraph. Or if that, just read your cover letter and go, yeah, fuck this story. Yeah, I feel like if you're paying, especially anything that's like a, a decent amount of money, that you should be guaranteed some kind of... At least of, a read. Yeah. Uh, a At least lot, a majority of a read. A yeah. new thing, because I haven't really been submitting for a couple years now, so a new thing I've noticed, that I, like more publications, because they always did this to a degree, some publications, but now more of these journals are doing it. One, you can pay more for a uh, feedback option, which would be like 50 bucks or something, but they'd be like, hey, we'll give you feedback for the first two pages of your story, or if it's poems, or, you know, the poem of your choosing, or whatever, which is, I guess is cool, but I've heard some... Uh, negative things from looking into that where it's just like generic feedback. Yeah, it depends on where you're getting the feedback from. And also, if the editor is giving you feedback, I would imagine the work would have to... It might not be what they're looking for, so they reject it, but if they give you feedback, they probably would have gave you feedback anyway if they rejected it, if they thought it was quality, just Mm -hmm. not for them. Because we've done that on our site, you know. I'll give you feedback on your work if I thought it was good quality, just not a fit for, like, say we're doing a... You know, it's Halloween time and you send us a Christmas piece. Yeah. It might be a good Christmas story, but I'm like, hey, that doesn't fit with what we're doing. Submit it again or submit somewhere else. 
Uh, so a lot of times you'll get that. But like with the paid feedback, if I got generic feedback and I paid 50 bucks, I'd be furious. Yeah. Like, come on, you fucking dick licks. Two, an, um, what I've also been seeing now, which I actually implemented on my submission today, was they have free submissions or you pay a fee to expedite it. So where it goes from your wait could be four to six months, it's one to two weeks. Mm. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll pay 10 bucks to get, you know, if I'm going to get rejected, reject it quicker. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so I you can, can move on. Other, yeah, because uh, my one buddy, he's he's been getting a lot of uh, poems submitted, but he submits like a bunch of places and he does like a lot of multiple submissions. And I just, that's too messy for me. I don't want to like have to track down different publications and be like, Hey, I got published in this magazine. So you got to take it, especially if I'm paying. Yeah. Like I don't want to do that. I like to do one at a time, but I figure if I at least have a bunch of stories out or a bunch of poems or whatever out at the same time, it gives me a better shot. Uh, but what a lot of people suggest is submit one piece up to five to ten different places at the same time, unless the publication says, hey, you can't submit multiple submit. Most places allow multiple submissions. You just have to tell them if you get accepted. Uh, but again, because fiction a lot of the time seems to be pay. Like poetry, I notice a lot of places you don't have to pay generally, and if you do, it's a very low fee. But fiction, like, you know, your short stories and stuff, the submission fees are usually, like, higher. Do you think because it's a smaller, like, Probably poetry's... harder to get, yeah, poetry, you can just fly through versus, you know, a short story up to five to ten thousand words that's going to take some time so if it's good but not good enough they read the whole story like that sucks so you know that's a almost a reading fee if anything i would be interested in hearing about some people's experiences because i really don't know what a lot of these publications are looking for because i'll read some of their because they say oh you know check out our work before you submit and i'll read some of the work and i'm like well my story either fits or is just the same quality as the stories you're publishing um and i think we talked about this before well you have to be very wary of the publication of what the boxes they want you to tick are. So I've been submitting to places that do blind readings for the mm-hmm. most part. They don't they don't want your name on it. They don't want to know if you're a they, them, or your mm-hmm. ethnicity, or anything like that. Because I don't want to be pigeonholed, you know, just because I'm not the demographic they're searching for. If I am submitting to, you know, Ebony Magazine, then yeah. obviously I know that I'm probably going to get rejected because I'm not their they're demographic like they're, I'm not the kind of author they're probably looking for. I'd have to have astounding work yeah. to get through that uh, versus, you know, a place that does blind readings and they just want, you know, whoever's the best, which I noticed now after our one conversation about uh, the problems I had with the, the publishing industry. It does seem to be shifting the other way now where mm. they're just doing more blind readings. And I think that was either they weren't getting enough submissions because they were just looking to their their scope was too narrow. But yeah, when you create a bottleneck. Yeah, when you're only looking for like like gay black authors or you're looking for Muslim women. Or like if you have a very narrow scope and your the well you're drawing from is like already very depleted, it's gonna be hard to fill your quota. Yeah. But if you, you know, do blind readings and then afterwards if you select enough, then you can be more picky and choosy if you choose to, you know. I'm going to look and see if you have a high social media following. I'm going to look to see uh, to make sure you don't have any published work that's problematic out there. Make sure you're not uh, an author who's famous for sexually assaulting people. Yeah. Like, they, they'll do the whole that thing, I think, after the blind reading is what I'm looking for. Not that I'm a sexual deviant. Yeah. I haven't had any legalities that, against me. Well, but. I'll say not, that, <laughs> you're not to the point that's been documented on the internet. <laughs> oh, God. You've been you've you've been able to do a good job of keeping your sexual deviances under wrap. 
I'm just rubbing, so far just rubbing my hands together like an old timey crook. Uh, so far, no. It's once you get famous that it all comes out the closet. Among other people, I'm, I'm referring to the dead bodies. I'm watching. I was watching that Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Or not oh documentary, yeah, it's like a, a like fictionalized a, show. I don't even know what it's supposed to be. Docudrama, docuseries. Something like, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of it's fabricated, but all the events are true for the most part. It's. I, I watched two episodes. I'm like, that's more than enough for me. It's disturbing, and I just I'm not enjoying this. I don't want to see this anymore. Uh, which is which is something for you to go like if you if you Caleb James is like that that that's enough, yeah. And it's not that it's like gory or overly fucked. At least the episodes I watched, it was just like, well, I already know this for one and two. These are real people that they're depicting that were getting you know tortured and killed and all this shit. It's like I'm good. Yeah. I I that, that I'll stick with my fiction murder yeah. versus the real murder. A lot of people just are, have like this weird sexual attraction to the fucking true crimes and the yeah. murders, and I'm just like. That's not me. Like, I, I don't mind a good old true crime mystery, but if it's just like, and then he sawed off the head slowly and put it in a drum of acid, I'm like, but we know he did it? Yeah, it was, it was Jeffrey Dahmer. He clearly did it. That's what this whole story, from the very first episode, this is what it's about. Oh, so there's nothing to solve. It's yeah. just Jeffrey Dahmer was who, the horrible who, serial killer. Who would just documenting all of the terrible things and putting it in, in, uh, in a nice visual medium for you to see. Can we please get a docudrama series about Albert Fish, the gray man who raped and ate children? I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Like, what the? Who's, who's enjoying this is what I want to know. Like, yeah, Evan Peters does, does a great job as Jeffrey Dahmer, but like, even like those Ted Bundy movies and stuff they came out with, like, this is very violent. And why am I watching this? Again, I know who the killer was. He got yeah. caught, executed, everything. Why do I need to like the? I'm in it for the mystery and the fun, and the gore is a nice side bonus, you know. Yeah. But again, I prefer fictionalized gore. If it's real gore, it's like, oh, that's it's just sad. Yeah. Oh, these these are just real victims that got murdered. Like if they were doing it to like ISIS or something, maybe I'd be a little more cheery. But the fact that just innocent people in a bar get picked up by Jeffrey Dahmer and murdered. Well, do you remember like even like the uh, back in the. Uh... That Zodiac movie with, uh, you know, uh, Iron Man and the Hulk and stuff in it before they got, you know. <laughs> that's how you're referring, <laughs> re- well, that's referring how to them as Iron Man and Hulk? Yeah, that's how all those guys are going to be referred on for the rest of their ni- lives. You know, Captain America, Thor, you know. Are you talking about Oscar winner <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and uh, Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> Which Hulk? Ed Norton? See that? Now that's <laughs> Yo, what you're fucking up. Uh, yeah, Ed Norton, Eric Bana, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo, Ruffalo. Weird face Ruffalo. Yeah. They, you know, that the Zodiac is about the Zodiac killer, and like they do one of the killings of like one of the first killings of like these couples that are like are just sitting like at a lake or whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't even like super great with like blood, but you just see them like just stabbing them in the back like a whole oh. bunch of time, and it's just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, like, oh, like. When you see Jason Voorhees do it, it's okay because he's not real. Yeah, and normally, like it, you know, it's like it's going through like the whole body and almost like a cartoony kind yeah. of fa- fashion that's not real or whatever, over girlized. But yeah, it was just like dabbing in the spines and stuff, just like ah, oh, like God. Well, here's the thing: at least the Zodiac movie, like, it's still a mystery. They never caught that guy. Yeah, so you could guess and you could fabricate stuff because he's not caught. He's not like Jack the Ripper. That captures people's imaginations because we don't know if he was ever actually caught. Right. Because they executed a couple people that could have been, like, they admitted they were Jack the Ripper, but you don't know if they actually were. But when it's, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, me, like, you don't want to <laughs> see these serial killers depicted <laughs> on on the television program. Like, some people do, but I just, I don't think it's appropriate. Not that it's not appropriate. It's just, like, I don't know why people enjoy it so much. 
Like, what are, what are you getting out of it? Maybe if you went into it not knowing the story at all. And, like, I, I guess the Dahmer thing, because it goes back to his childhood and stuff. So you kind of get into the mind of the killer, which people like to do. Uh, I don't, I, as a writer, I already know that stuff. I don't care. Yeah. I I, I figured it out, man. He's sick. He's sick in the head. Um, or is everybody else sick? No, he admitted he was, he was like, I need to stop doing this. Like, when <laughs> but, they caught yeah. him, he was like, I need to, I'm bad, man. I'll admit to everything. I need to stop doing this. Not quite the right thing to do. <laughs> Not a narcissist, that guy, which is good. Ted Bundy, narcissist. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, just uh, openly gay man with uh, weird fetishes, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Went too far. Too far. He was an alcoholic too. Probably a little bit of the autism. No, it could have been. I don't know. He doesn't fit the bill for an autistic because they don't like to be touched. Right. He seemed to like to do the touching, uh. which I don't think they like to do the touch. There, it's a texture thing with a lot of autistic people. I'd imagine if he had a hard case of the Aspergers, he ain't getting into the guts and all that. So I don't know. Even like the serial killer movies, like the Eileen Warnos and stuff, Monster, where they try to depict her as the victim almost. I'm like, she killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, she was a victim of a lot of cruel crimes. Uh, a lot of sexual assaults and stuff, but she still killed random innocent people. Yeah, it's not even like she was killing the people that was assaulting her or anything. She's just like, oh, I'm going to hook, and this guy wants to get some, and he's paying me money, and I'm just going to shoot him in the face or whatever she did. And, yeah, that guy's probably not the most up-and-up guy. You know, dirty trucker guy picking up lot lizards. But at the same time, like, he didn't personally hurt you, so why are you killing him? Getting revenge on innocent people... Because other people heard you. That's kind of fucked up. Mm. But she was mentally unstable. And I didn't really care for that kind of, that depiction either. I was like, I don't, this lady's, she's a mean lady. Yeah. I don't care what she went through. She's a mean lady. And a lot of people were mean people. And they used their child abuse and their growing up uh, traumas to justify their awful behavior currently. And any person can change right now. Like, if you're a shit person, you could just be like, you know what? I'm not going to be a shit person anymore. I'll do good things. You could do that. But most people choose not to, and they have a lot of excuses. Like the alcoholic who always has an excuse for why they drink. Mm -hmm. Somebody else's problem. Somebody else's fault. I got DUI because I had to pick up my cousin, and I didn't even want to drive. I was drunk, but he, he was in a rough way, and I had, it was his fault. No, yeah. you, you're drunk. You don't drive, you know. That's the basis of it. So, Spencer, how's your rating coming along? Not as good as yours. I haven't been able to get myself to like kickstart it on really diving in and going on to the second draft yet. Gangbusters is what you're supposed to say. Spencer. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to lie to the fine people. <laughs> you could have. They wouldn't know. Yeah. I like to keep it 100 as the kids used to say. No cap. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't. Uh, well, I told you to take a breather before you got to the second draft. Maybe do another project like a maybe. short story or something. But, just I, to... but I always find myself like because I had like I now I have like three or four like like bigger stories that are just first drafts that I've never gone back. Like, you know what I mean? That have just been been left asunder after the, you know, after the original go around. Well, fix them. Well, <laughs> then I always get wrapped up into something else. I'll stop getting wrapped up. What are you doing? One project at a time. Finish. Start to end. Be, be a, a Mosley. A Mosley? And I just mean the appearance-wise, not, oh. the, not the writing and success and all that stuff. Just uh, wear fancy clothes and okay. neon rings and stuff like that. Maybe a neon lime fedora would be kind of cool. Yeah. Here's my opinion, Spencer. And you could take this or you could throw it away. It's fine. Either way. You got, and you just had a birthday. Yeah. You've Yesterday, actually, is yes. the recording of this. You have gotten this far in life, 
and not not reaching any kind of great success in anything that you have wanted, maybe become an eccentric. Ooh, yeah, I mean, it why would... not start dressing in fucking capes it or w- trench coats? I mean, honestly, not trench coats because yeah. that gives you the neckbeard vibe. You yeah. got to be specific with your. You don't want to be the people I see on like the cringe Instagram pages. Like, you got to avoid that, but yeah. you can be an eccentric. And to be honest, it wouldn't probably be that far of a stretch. It'd probably yeah. just be being actually to do things that I actually want to do. <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, like just how you know, you know, don't a lot wanna... of scheming, a lot of yes. finger twiddling. Yeah, because I, I rewatched that. I actually bought it now. Finally, that genius movie starring Jude Law and uh, Colin Firth, who it's it's the story of uh, Thomas Wolfe meeting Maxwell Perkins, and mm. they revise his fucking ridiculously long books. And oh yeah, the we, blue. Yeah, and yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked, we about, talked it. about it on here a bunch of times. Well, I watched it again. It's one of my favorite movies. Not that it's a great movie. I just like the literary stuff, and it's just like Jude Law plays Thomas Wolfe is such a crazy eccentric, and I'm just like that guy would be the life of the party anywhere he goes, and he's just he's just nuts. And I wish I was that kind of nuts because you're gonna stand out regardless. Mm. But think of some of the great writers. Truman Capote. He's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of the off-the-wall writers. Because there's a different class, too, because then you have more of, like, the classy kind of writers, which would be your Tolkien's. Uh, your more academic types, even maybe a Vonnegut, uh, Toni Morrison, you know. But they, but I like the crazy guys, well, too. You, the Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, I was just going to say Thompson. You know, he's a poster boy for that kind of yeah, stuff. Maybe, like, a Henry Rollins. He's a little unhinged in his youth, not so much now. Would you say, like, more of the classic version of that would be, like, a Hemingway? Hemingway, yeah. Cause, he was definitely unhinged. for Because, okay, Hemingway and Joyce, both geniuses in their respective field, very different writers, uh, both drunks. Uh, Hemingway, Mr. Adventurous, man hunting, killing bear. He probably would have hunted humans if he could. Oh, yeah. He, he seemed like a most dangerous game kind of guy. During World War II, he's like 50-something years old, living in Cuba or Key West or wherever he was. He's fucking on a boat. He hooked machine guns to it. He's going to go kill fucking <laughs> commies on a boat. In the Like, what are you doing? You're not even a part of the war. <laughs> uh, he's fucking nuts. He went to the, uh, Spain for the Spanish Civil War as a journalist and decided to involve himself <laughs> in the war. Like, what are you doing, you nut? Uh, yeah, so he would count. James Joyce was, uh, obviously, we let it, read his letters, so sexually, he yeah. was a, a different kind of fellow. <laughs> um, his writing was very schizophrenic, and he was a hard-drinking man, and uh, he seemed, like, very eccentric. And he had an eye patch, so, I mean, that just automatically gives you either Bond villain vibes yeah. or eccentric guy vibes. Now, you go to the classic way, even though he was a fucking raging alcoholic, F. Scott Fitzgerald, because there's different kinds of eccentrics. He would be more like the... Like the hermit type, especially in his later years. And then you got like a young Stephen King coked out of his mind, probably more of an eccentric versus your Dean Koontz with the bowl cut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you also got, you got like the uh, Neil Gaiman would be your classy, your yeah. Classy guy. Well, and I'm saying then on the other end of that, you have like the Alan Moore, who's a fucking like wizard, eccentric wizard hobo. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. You're, oh, going, that... you're going, well, I'm just saying. Was it hobo? Not just appearance-wise. It just, it goes with the eccentric thing. It's like, you either be the classy writer, like the Neil Gaiman, or the hobo living in a fucking hut in the woods, yeah, Alan be... Moore. Yeah. If you're going to pull off the Neil, Gla- Neil Gaiman classy guy, you, you kind of have to have, like, the, uh, one, you have to speak like Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I can't Probably helps that. to be British, but you have to have, like, the, the sophistication. 
you can't build the no. sophistication. That almost just comes from upbringing, I think. Right, yeah, that, yeah, that's like one of those nature versus nurture kind of things. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you get accepted to Oxford, go to Harvard, you're very smart. If you come from the Bronx and you are living in the projects, you're probably going to grow up still that's going to be in you. You can fake it, but you're not going to ever be that sophisticated. You're like that southern guy that makes it to MIT. Yeah, like people know you're not... I mean, there's many stories written upon this idea, but you are you don't fit in, even if you excel. You know what I yeah. mean? You could be the best, you could be the top of your class at Harvard, but if you got the Alabama twang, yeah. you're still that guy from Alabama. Yeah, not only are they not going to like you because now that you're at the top of the class, so you know everybody hates the guy at the top. Legally but- Blonde was made from this idea. <laughs> Sorry, Reese Witherspoon. She's a blonde Pop-Tart, but she's really good at law. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking dumb. You know what? That's not even a bad movie. I don't care. Do this. What is it? The the stretch and snap or whatever the fuck they do. Oh. That man Stifler's mom was in that movie, and she is. I don't know if she's going to be in the new one, but I saw them making a new American Pie. I did they, see that. Yeah. Why? They're like fifty. I don't know. Maybe it's like their grandkids or something. Mm, I feel like it's American Cobbler now. <laughs> it's a little crustier. Yeah the fuck are we talking about oh yeah your gimmick my gimmick because i yeah. think i need to come up with the gimmick too and i really don't want because like i work out and stuff which kind of pigeonholed you into a certain appearance like you talk about like comics uh anyone who's in shape like your joe rogan's or your dane cook when he was younger stuff they always have to be very self-deprecating because the audience sees you're a buff guy mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh fucking so i almost feel like i would end up pigeonholing myself just from appearance wise into a chuck polinick or even your Hemingway. Like, you have to be more of a manly man. And I'm not a manly man. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a manly man. Yeah, I do blue-collar work, and I lift heavy shit, and... And you like to whittle once upon a time. I like whittle and do woodwork, and like a, a you know... What the fuck was his name on that show? Ron Swanson. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nick Offerman. Like, he, the, well, he's like that in real life, but like the overly manly yeah. man with the must... And it's like, but... I don't, I don't, I'm not the overly manly man. I don't have the voice of an overly manly man, man obviously. And I can't grow a full beard, only the goatee. Yeah. So I, I don't fit in that category. But that's the kind of, like, do I become the eccentric? Do I wear the fancy hats? I don't know. But I need a gimmick. We all need a gimmick, gimmick. I think. Especially now more than ever, a writer needs a gimmick to stand out. Not just your work, but just your appearance. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... Uh, and if not, if it's not a full-blown gimmick, like, it's a... A personality. Well, Vonnegut so famously worked in advertising before he became real famous, and he crafted his gimmick. Even though it doesn't seem like he 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 was so good, you didn't see it as like this crazy gimmick. But when you like, what people think of Vonnegut, that's not necessarily what Vonnegut like how he actually was. He just uh, or like a Mark Twain's another great example. He comes off as like you know the the wizened grandpa or something in the stand up comedian, but he wears the suits and I mean Samuel Clemens. He wasn't Mark Twain. Yeah, so that was a whole gimmick. Even the name's a gimmick. Now you think of an H.B. Lovecraft. You think of this weird genius recluse. That's who he was, but for no fault of his own. Like if you look at it now, it's almost like a gimmick, like an exaggeration of who he was. Uh, same with Edgar Allan Poe. You think of the macabre, and you think of like this highfalutin American who doesn't fit in this country because everyone else is dumb, and he's so smart, and he's almost French or German or Poe. That's not that's not who he was. He, he was, just, and he wasn't like the, uh, the also the one they put on him is like the raging alcoholic yeah. and like the crazy guy, the crazy genius. Like he wasn't that either. He's just a normal guy, but he did have these gimmicks thrown upon himself. And I don't. It's not like he necessarily de- deterred some of that. Especially like the intellectual gimmick, 
because he was a very smart guy, obviously. Uh, like F. Scott Fitzgerald, he was like the jazz age guy, and he's the hard party and drunk. But that only lasted maybe 10 years, and then he just <laughs> down the mm-hmm. toilet and uh, was kind of obscure until the great Gatsby picked up later on, I think after his death, actually. Uh, so anyway, we're going to start getting published here, and I think after we start getting some work published, we need to form some gimmicks, especially when it's novel time. Should we start wearing eye patches? Only if you need it. You could probably uh, maybe use eye patch. Me, I don't have glasses. I don't have a problem with my vision. So. I'm not an eye patch. But I just block out the one, like the one lens. Blindfold. Yeah. Blindfold guy. You're blind to injustice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but with like the whole, uh, like the gender pronouns and everything going on, it's like everybody's forming their own gimmick. That's what it kind of seems yeah. to me. Like if you're a they, them, uh, what was the one we saw? The Spanish one was like A, E, uh, or something. Like E I E H or something. If E-I-E-I-O. you're E I O. E I E I O. If you're uh whatever whatever you know your pronouns are and stuff, I almost starting to feel like is that is that just like a wrestling gimmick? You're the they them, and that's like because like as Pro- we, for some people, yeah. But like if you look at it, no, I know like not obviously some people that's just how they feel, but like Ezra Miller, okay, he became a they them. Same with Demi Lovato. Uh, especially her, because it was like she just kept, I think she switched back, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like Ezra Miller, he became a they-them. So now whenever articles write about him, like half the comments are like, why is this written so weird? Why do they keep referring to him as they? And then somebody corrects them, and it brings all this track. So it's almost like that just brought you a lot of either heat or that brought you some sympathy. Like it brought, it brings a lot of stuff to the article that's not there just mm. because of your pronoun. I didn't even really think of that. when uh, The four poor people that have to write these, Articles and stuff, and because the two you have to really look into it. Because if you write him, uh, Ezra Miller is he him? There's gonna be people that be like, oh, you're a fucking bigot. Like no, or just know. even me, I'm just even saying as writing, like you're talking about Ezra Miller, and they want to be referred to as they. It's just writing it, and you keep on saying they like that. It gets really confusing because I read some of the articles that I've seen. Like the last time you got, well, that could be any time yeah. he uh, committed a crime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, give it five well, minutes. Yeah, he just did another they one. Committed a crime. Yeah. See, that's the problem. But you read the headline, like wh- wh- who's he? Inv- who's he committing crimes with? And you're yeah. like, oh, it's just him. It's just they. It can be very, like, grammatically incorrect, which is, yeah. you know. Because people are like, oh, no, they, them could mean singular. Yeah, it can. And it has been used throughout history. But when it's the whole article is one person, and it's they, them, like, I'm just, okay, Ezra Miller committed crimes, and they got arrested, and then they got bail. And it's just like, holy shit, how long do we go with this before it sounds to get confusing? You know who the only people who should be able to really... Identify Don't themselves. you say schizophrenics? I, w- well, I was going to say multiple personality people with multiple personality disorder. That makes you a bigot. Can't say that. Can't say that, Spencer. That's that's your gimmick. You're going to be a right wing bigot. No, I don't want to be one of those. <laughs> but it seems so easy. Oh, it's the easiest. There's so many fucking talking heads that it's, were like Democrats their whole life, and then when all this uh, Trump stuff popped up, they just switched to the right. It, it became big fucking douchebags, and then they just get all this money. Well, it's just such cheap heat. It is cheap, Pete, and at some point, it's going to finally go away, and then they're just going to be, what are they, penniless and yeah. living in the gutter unless they're... Well, I mean, like, look at, um, what uh, what was his name? He died a while ago from because of all the pain. Rush Limbaugh. Like, Rush Limbaugh was a like, piece of shit his whole life. Yeah, I, will, I don't know, well, because there for a while, I remember whenever I was young, he was, like, on, like, the ESPN, like, Sunday morning, like, countdown before the games and stuff. And then he started fucking around saying some weird, you I know. I think Tucker Carlson was the same way. I think yeah. he used to have, like, a normal. He used to be on CNN, actually. Yeah. And was, like, a normal. Like, his gimmick was he wore a bow tie. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Good guy with the bow tie. Ooh. And now he's like one of the biggest pieces of shit fucking instigators for everything. And people believe him as facts. And he just makes up stuff. And he suntans his balls and all this weird <laughs> shit. And it's just like, why are you listening to this guy? So it's like. But it's for money. Yeah, because like, you know, like probably like most of the stuff that when with those people, when they're doing that, they don't believe or actually think that shit. No. They're just saying that because they know Everyone that's Everyone at Fox is vaccinated, but they all preach anti-vax stuff. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And then people just believe it. And it's like, no, you can read it. It's in their policy. If you work there, you have to be vaccinated for COVID. And they're just all saying, don't get vaccinated. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? I just, I, I don't get why anyone listens to any. Same with CNN. Like, I, I'll turn, you know, if I turn that on, I'm just like, why are they slanted so hard? Like, I can't. I can't even fucking listen to this. It's not news. Well, is, that, is it entertainment? Is that what these are supposed to be now? I've been listening to uh, the comedian uh, Bear Burr's podcast recently. I've been getting caught up on... It's a good podcast. Yeah, it is. And he always brings up that... He's like, anytime that like CNN or Fox News comes on, he's like, I just fucking turn it off or leave the room because yep. I don't want to hear anything from either one of those because they're each just pandering to the side that they're on they're not trying to actually give you any actual news to tell you what's happening it's just whatever it is from their point of view and they're always right and everything else is wrong and it's fucking terrible i subscribe to i think it's called the paper and it's a news thing that just emails you the topics of the day like what's going on it's like oh North Korea just launched missiles over Japan, and there's no slant at all. It's literally just a list of the facts, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, there. That must be that's nice. how you get fucking news. Just the facts. But, but then nobody wants, boring. But nobody wants to do that. It doesn't sell anything. It's not sensationalized. There's no, there's no spin to it. Nothing to make it interesting. Well, since we're on this news rant, they, uh, <laughs> I remember hearing that like, somebody was like, before people were talking, like, Back in the day, the news was bipartisan. There was yeah. no... Like, Your Walter Conkrites. The news Conkrite. wasn't there to sell commercial ads and things of that nature and all that stuff. It wasn't 24 hours either. No. How do you feel 24 hours of news if nothing's happening? You make things happen yeah. or you pretend things are happening. You know what? Can we end on a diversity rant? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, I do have a mini rant here. It's not about diversity. It's about fake outrage caused by the so-called diversity. Because uh, I keep seeing people post about um, the the latest one's The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. But uh, The Rings of Power is the one that got me because people keep... If you don't like Rings of Power such as myself, you're automatically an incel, a racist. Well, you don't like it because they have black dwarves and elves. Well, did you hear the newest thing that... Um the, the new uh, romantic comedy Bros, where it's like it's a rom com, but it's gay guys, in, in instead. No, oh, I saw it, but I didn't know it was gay guys. But yeah. Um. So, so there's a rant against that. Well, it didn't. It like, kind of bombed its opening weekend. Now, granted, there was a hurricane going on. Right. That could do something. And as the guy, the um, the main that one main guy who was like a part time in pocket pox and wreck and stuff like that, he was like yeah. one of those smaller characters. Because he kind of, not went on a rant, but I guess he said some stuff on Twitter that was basically saying, like, well, you know, there is large groups of the country that's not going to watch this movie, which is which is true. But then he also was kind of like, all the, how about all the non, like, uh, homophobic, like, racists that come out? And so it's like, kind of like, if you don't go see the movie... You're 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 you're, you're just, bigot. You're you're a bigot, or you're you're you're. If you like, see the movie, you're gay. 
Or, or like if you, you know, the guy was kind of saying like, if you don't go see this movie, that you're like, you you don't like homosexuals or like, you know what I mean? You're well. Here, you're, here's my problem, and you just touched on it. The, what these uh these uh, production companies have done, like Warner Brothers, Disney, Amazon's a big one with the Rings of Power. They, for one, their whole marketing now and like what the ad agencies are teaching is that you create the outrage first. Oh, yeah. To get people outraged to watch the show. So why did everyone go and watch Rings of Power that weren't even interested in Lord of the Rings or anything like that? Because they want to see why everybody's upset that there's black dwarves and they change the lore and all this stuff. And they, you know, or anytime they have a gay character in the show or they do a, a race or gender swap on a popular character like a James Bond, these companies, they go ahead of time. Like what Rings of Power did, which was so fucking erroneous. They released all the images of all the diverse characters first. And they uh, paid a bunch of, and you can't tell me they didn't, they paid a bunch of major publications to write outrage pieces of how upset everyone is about the race changes. I haven't seen anybody actually complain about the race changes. It's Even the fucking like, trolls on Twitter, I have not seen very many of those, like the faceless bots, yeah. complain about that. It's always about the, which is my problem, dialogue sucks, it's boring, uh, the characters are unlikable. Like, I see all those complaints, but what you get is, so what, what first happens, because it's the same thing that Disney's doing with The Little Mermaid, uh, they, re, re, you know, they released ahead of, it was like a year ahead of time, the casting, and all of a sudden there was all these outrage, I didn't see the outrage, just the outrage articles mm. about, oh, The Little Mermaid's played by a black actress now, and then they wait till some of the actual racists show up. Which is great because then they can screenshot and yeah. you know, share that as like that that represents ninety percent of the country. Like mm -hmm. so they do that, so then that way they draw interest for the movie that way. And they have all these articles, and then it hushes for a minute, and then when the movie starts to release trailers and stuff, they focus on that. And that's the big focus, like the Rings of Power is all the diverse characters. They didn't focus on the white characters, mm. just the diverse characters. And they showed all the images and stuff, and they want to get people upset about that. And uh, how they get upset about that? They tell you to be upset about mm. that. Because, again, if you're racist, you're going to be upset about that regardless. But So why do you need all these articles to come out before, you're, before anything else that says, hey, you need to be upset about this? It's to get the other people defending it. So you get a bunch of people defending. Oh, yeah, I read the, the article and, they, you know, they posted on Twitter the article. So then you get all these people underneath. Yeah, he's fucking racist. All these assholes. They're just mad. because. So when the show comes out. A lot of people aren't going to criticize the awfulness of the show because then that would mean, oh, they just don't like the... Right. Because the, what the what these shitty fucking production companies do and what all these movie studios and TV studios do, they create the toxic fan base. Oh, yeah. If you don't like the product, you're a toxic fan. Never mind that the House of the Dragon does diverse casting and everybody just seems to love that show and it's the same fucking time as Lord of the Rings came out. Uh, no, you don't like Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power because you're racist and you're an incel and they call you names and all the actors. They had a whole press run where all the actors and actresses of the show came out saying pretty much just shitting on the fans who wouldn't like it before it even came out. Shitting on the fans who wouldn't like it because of the diversity. And it's like, why is that the focus of your show? Yeah. It's because it's good marketing, because even if it's bad press, it's going to make people watch it. But I don't believe that leads to longevity because, yeah. If there's a major change, if they make Superman black and it's a TV show, people are going to watch the first couple episodes because, well, fuck, yeah. Let's see, see what it. that's about. Whether I'm outraged or not outraged, doesn't matter. Everybody's going to watch it. But then if it's if the show just sucks, the racist people, they're going to just be like, okay, well, fuck this show. 
And what you see on YouTube is all these fucking woke, anti-woke bros, which I sent you a couple videos. Yeah. They, She-Hulk, anything. They're just going to shit on it every single episode because it brings in money. I bet you they don't even actually feel like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe they don't like the show, but they don't feel that strongly. It's just a gimmick. And whatever, they're getting money. Same as the fucking, like, what the right-wing Republicans do, what the anti-left Trumpers do. They all create all these articles and videos and stuff. And they are focused on their demographic. They don't care about making the other side happy, obviously. But anyway, so you get those guys that come out the woodwork, and then you'll get the people who were... They're going to defend it because they're virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. So... If you even, think, even if they don't feel that yeah. way, they they want to they want to be on the quote unquote right side. Maybe they think She Hulk actually sucks, and they don't even watch it. They're gonna pretend mm -hmm. they like it. They'll watch a recap and like, yeah, that joke. And you know, they're they'll go with the talking pieces, and you'll see a lot of retweets and stuff. But it's like, well, like with the Rings of Power, it's like, are you are you still watching Rings of the Power? The, the the statistics say that you know some of the numbers dropped off. Are you actually watching it still? Or are you just saying you watched it? Or are you watching recaps of it? Like it's hard to say. My bet is if a show or movie is not a good quality, no matter how hard you try to hide it, no matter if you do the Amazon where you delete reviews and block reviews and ban certain reviews, it's gonna come out regardless. Yeah. And you know how it comes out? Especially if it's a TV show, people just stop watching. If it's a movie. You get one week of sales and then it drops off dramatically. Uh, no rewatchability, no DVD sales, no streaming sales. I don't know why we're in this space where they think like the whole because even like movies that come out that aren't like the focus isn't diversity. Like the note by um, oh, what's his name uh from K and Peele uh Jordan Peele yeah Jordan Peele yeah so no like nope from uh Jordan directed by Jordan Peele. Like that movie, yeah, it's like all black cast and and whatnot because he, you know, he makes movies for black people, yeah. uh, with black problems, and I find most of them pretty enjoyable. The, I think it was Us. I was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I did like the the first one he did, but anyway, so like, nope. Like people were outraged about that, but they didn't say why. That's when the actual racists come out when they're just like, no, nah, this movie just sucked, and and they'll go on like these weird yeah, rants and but stuff. But they don't ever give you reason why they no didn't good like it. reasons. Or like you'll see that with She Hulk, like people that ah, fucking sucks. It's like, well, you don't like the dialogue. That's that would be. I would agree with that maybe. Or you think like the the the, the, the writing's not good. The well, animation's not quite up to par. But if or... you don't say anything, they don't have specifics. They're not actually watching it. Like a lot of people that were complaining about, nope, didn't actually watch it. A lot of people that watched the new Candyman, which I thought was excellent, too woke. They didn't like it because it was too woke. Guess what? Original Candyman was woke. It's yeah. about a fuck. Candyman's a story about a black man who was unjustly murdered and comes back and haunts people pretty yeah. much. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I love the new Candyman. I thought it was better than the first Candyman. But a lot of people disliked it because it was too woke because, you know, can't have. Like, it was my favorite, too. It's like Hellraiser. The, you know, the first two were pretty good. And then after everyone, they kind of suck. Now they're doing the new one, and it's a female Hellraiser. And I keep seeing so many neckbeards upset on, uh, it's, it's always on fucking Facebook, because the new Hellraiser movie is not one of these big studio, it's it's a Hulu movie, it's not one of these big studio movies where they can pay to have the outrage yeah. articles and stuff. It's just like, oh, here's the new Hellraiser movie, there's no, nothing behind it. So you just actually see when the real racists and misogynists come out because they're, oh, it's a play by a woman. That, that's not going to be good. And and there's like, why not? The hellbound heart, he was, you know, Pinhead, who was actually not named Pinhead. He was just, you know, hell priest, hell priestess, whatever. I don't think he was called that. Just one of the Cenobites was pretty much like genderless. You didn't know. It was very androgynous. It was like kind of like the original Pinhead sounded kind of like a woman. 
uh, and had like these weird colorful jewels and stuff. So they go on about the Hellraiser. Like, it's going to suck. It's a woman, blah, blah, blah. Why they got a gender swap, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're kind of a fuck face. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you don't want to like it. Well, you clearly didn't read the source material. And guess what? You know Clive Barker, the creator of Hellraiser? Super gay. Yeah. Super gay, man. Do you know that? You probably don't, because if you did, you wouldn't support this weird movie yeah. about, like, these fucking sadomasochists whipping each other's balls and shit. <laughs> like, did you see what they're wearing? You know this is, like, a weird sex thing, right? There's all the gayness. It's like when uh, the Trumpers were doing the YMCA. Or what was it? Macho Man, maybe? Like, oh, the Macho Man. Oh, at the yeah. rallies when Trump was running. Like, they were doing the Macho Macho Man or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. It's like, you bigots do know this is, like, a gay song by the gayest of people, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You might as well have Lady Gaga out here fucking doing one of her songs. <laughs> like Or Elton John or something. Like, this is super gay. And yet you fucking you don't know because you're stupid. <laughs> like, how do you not know the village people are super gay? Because like, there's a video of a guy going around like telling them that, and they're like, "What?" And they shows them like, "Oh, oh!" He's so sick all of a sudden. It's like you guys are so stupid. Oh man. So anyway, ran aside. I just don't like the manufactured outrage. Yeah, it, it's not genuine. If it's genuine, because there are movies that have genuine outrage, mm-hmm. and it also what it does is diminish the actual effect you get from the real racist and the real misogynist. So when you do the female Hellraiser pinhead, when you do a black Superman or change the characters of the Lord of the Rings and make them, you know, people upset, whenever you do any of these things, if you didn't have the manufactured outrage and had the articles and all the shit beforehand, yeah. you'd actually just get, like, the small fraction of people that are really upset that you, yeah. like, you could pinpoint them. Yeah, because it's like, you know, because it's, it's always weird because it's like, you know, like you just use the example of a black Superman and be like, well... I'm not a racist just because I don't want to. Just because I don't want a black Superman doesn't mean I'm racist. But like, it, it don't. It kind of does. It kind of does. It, it depends on your reason for it. <laughs> if you think a Superman can't be black yeah. because I don't even know how to defend that one honestly, yeah. because there's no again, th- it's not in his origin that he has to be mm-hmm. a white guy. That's like um, the one uh, thing that I always kind of hear when it comes to the uh, the superheroes and stuff and how they've been messing around. It's like because uh, I was talking to somebody and because the new Deadpool three thing came out with you know Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, you know I was working with a guy and I told him I was like, oh hey, did you see the the, the trade thing? And he was like, oh yeah yeah. And it's just like yeah, see, I always say they would just go. People, if they go to the traditional characters, like people like it, it's like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Like, I, I does that have to do with anything? It, yeah, like, what's that have to do with anything? Why, like, why is that the first thing you went to? Like, I didn't even try because sometimes I like to poke the bell a little bit just to get them, like, you know, like give them a little little things and just kind of bait them in. But like that time, wasn't I was just, that the guy you said raged out because they had a She-Hulk, a female Hulk, and he just. Was it that he just didn't understand that there was a She-Hulk in the comics, or no? He didn't like. There's a lot of things he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't get. It's like, uh, oh well, he's and he's also one of these guys. I haven't read any comics in like ten years because they've all been terrible. But oh, how would I know that the they? Up, how would I know that they've been terrible because I haven't read any of them? Like one of those, one of those tools. But like I said, it's like, but like, what I was getting at is like, you get those people who just will make. N- like a mountain out of a molehill, and it's like I didn't think that I didn't even at, like anything I asked you about that trailer didn't bring any didn't have anything to do with that, you know what I mean? And that's just the first thing you go uh, because whenever I because whenever I hear classical care like classic characters, I hear 
white male characters. And why is that the classic prototype? Because that's all that there ever was but that for doesn't like mean, 60 years. But it doesn't mean it has to be that at all. It's fucking stupid. Um, we'll end on this because I want to go back to our our roots as yeah. a writing podcast, Spencer. If the story's good, I don't care about the other stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, if the story's good and the, you know, if it's, we're talking about movies and TV, if it's well acted and well written on um, the story's good. I don't care if you have Black Batman. Yeah. I don't care if you have male Wonder Woman. Yeah. I don't care if the, if it's done in a way that's like, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean. If you have transgender Wonder Woman, but you did it in a way that was really fucking Oh, that cool. was when he was fucking pissed off that there was a transgender woman, man, transgender man into woman on Themyscira. That pissed him off because there was supposed to never be any men on let alone that there's been multiple times with Batman and oh, Justice yeah. League and all of them's been there. But whatever, like, but like, I, like I've said this multiple times, like, like you were just saying, like, when you do stuff like that, especially with these characters that have been, especially these DC characters, they're closing in on a hundred years here in a decade or two. Like, so yes, new stories, come new, on, yeah, have some like you know, have some black Superman stories, have some gay Batman stories, have some what you know what I mean, because they're not always gonna stay, and as long as they're not like because the issues whenever they do anything like that is what is uh, the pandering factor. Like you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's where my issues any comes with that kind of stuff is like the like oh you're just doing this because this is the hot button issue right now and you think you can sell more issues this way. You know what I would like, and this is not going to be probably you probably won't even agree with this, let alone the majority of people. I would like any character that's over fifty years old to be retired. Ooh, no more Batman, no more Spider Man, no more Superman, no more James Bond, none of them. Ooh, there's no retired, money. just retired. Ooh. Can't make movies, TV shows, at least for 20 years. Just put them in Disney and put them in a vault? In the vault. No more news stories from those characters. No reimagining of those characters. Nothing. No, nothing. Can't be Batman. Can't be Man Bat. Can't <laughs> be Batwing Man yeah. Guy. Can't be nothing. No Nightwing. No, nothing. So, the, so you just don't want you just don't want any any um, anything for like you don't want any cinema or TV for like twenty years. No more. Lord, nobody can come I want up with anything. I, I want, nobody can come up with new things. But they would have to. You keep the gravy train rolling. You actually have to be creative. <laughs> Holy shit! Just like the nineties when we got Ren and Stimpy and like all these weird shit and everyone was doing weird shit. I want that back. Yeah. I want a new wave, and we could. Why not do a superheroes? Like a Valiant Comics did it. Yeah, they made a bunch of fucking original characters. Granted, some of them, most of them were kind of rip off old character, other characters. But yeah, I mean, everything's gonna be derivative of something at this yeah. point. But I'm just saying, we don't need any more Lord of the Rings. Let it rest. No more Willy Wonka. Let it rest. What's a book you love? Let it, let rest. it rest. Everything that's over fifty years old, just let it be. Start anew. We'll do 10 years. How about that? Uh, Is that good? Give it a decade. Give it a decade where you cut off point 2030. After that, you cannot do any characters that are already established that have been created 50 years ago or more. And that includes anything of Shakespeare. So no more Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. adaptation. That'd be you could do plays. Yeah. You could do things like that. If you want to have Batman the musical, you could mm -hmm. do that. Because fuck it. <laughs> Let the Broadway flourish. <laughs> But like comics, <laughs> books, like anything like that, you got any, especially anyone that's coming like to the point where they're going to be public domain. Yeah. Like, come on. 
Like, cause now we're not like the Great Gatsby. Now we're just having fucking random dudes. Like, I could write a Great Gatsby novel sitting that word. Like, ew, ew, that's yeah. gross. You're digging up a corpse and you're fucking it. I don't <laughs> like it. You Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, motherfucker. I do not like it. It's gross. Leave it dead. So like, whenever people make their own like Frankenstein book, yeah, ew, <laughs> leave it alone. Leave that corpse alone, Bundy. Leave it alone. It ain't hurt nothing in the ground. Just leave it there. We don't need your reimagining. We don't need. Uh, which I actually saw on Twitter, gay, lesbian, well, I guess gay and lesbian are synonymous, yeah. lesbian Frankenstein. One, you bother me because is is it Frankenstein the doctor that's lesbian? Oh, the monster. Because that could be interesting. Yeah. But no, it's the monster because the picture on the cover was a very gay looking butch lesbian Frankenstein monster. So if it was lesbian Frankenstein's monsters, one should be the title. But two, I was just <laughs> like, that's the, it wasn't lesbian Frankenstein, by the way. It was the title. That'd be a good title. Yeah. It was like something really stupid. Like, uh, under the moon, like, digs the grave. Something's dumb. But I'm just saying, like, I've been seeing a lot of that, like, a lot of gay Draculas, mm. a lot of LGBTQ Wolfmans, and, and all the universal monsters. And I'm just like, no, let it let it be dead. We don't need to reimagine. Create your own character. So that's what we're going to end on, folks. Create your own fucking character. Be original. Be original. Create your own unique works, your own worlds. Do not base your stuff on stuff that already exists. No more fan fiction. No more fucking fan fiction, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Caleb is not a fan of fan fiction. <laughs> and I can't even say why, because I probably have never read good fan fiction, which might have something to do with it. But I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure I've read stuff that's actually fan fiction, like Beowulf or something. Not Beowulf. Uh, Dante's Inferno. I haven't read that yet, but that's supposed to be actual Dante's fan fiction of like him <laughs> hanging out with Virgil or something. We're digressing too far. Folks, if you enjoyed this, Subscribe to the DPW uh, OnlyFans. We don't have an OnlyFans. We should. Yeah, if we're not going to have a website or anything anymore, we should have an OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Pen Writing. Wow, they last. Check it yeah. out. Check it out. Check it out. I will be creating a website eventually, which you can follow me on. But for now, I don't want to give you my personal deeds because you guys are creeping and you can give me hate mail. Uh, Spencer, OnlyFans. What are you today? Spencer, the Algerian Alligator Acosta Church? Is that it? Yes. That's, that's going to be... How do you clear that with, like... Not even PETA, because fuck those guys, but <laughs> just, like, any animal rights... Like, how, how does that work? Do you have to get, like, paperwork that says you can... I just do, it. Just, just do, do it. it. just do it. Steve Irwin, thumb up the butt? Yeah, just, you know, you, uh, it's better to do, uh, ask forgiveness than, than permission or whatever. However that saying goes. I, I don't think that's good. I don't think that's right. But anyway, folks, thank you for listening. We'll check you out next week, probably.